0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I know that uh, the youth group, you guys are dismissed. Uh, sixth through twelfth grade. I know they're gonna half our church is gonna leave. But that's an awesome thing. Amen. Um, how many of you are a little bit over the smoke? I know it was a little bit much, but you know what? I think is awesome, just a reminder of what's going on. Yeah, holy smoke, I like it. I got a little bit of a cough and it didn't really help matters worse, but I think I'm over it. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys can see why we did that and it's not too irritating to your throat or eyes, but uh, God is good, amen? Amen. i just excited just to see, uh, we've been here 13 years and to see that happen is just, uh, uh, it's a Christmas miracle, right? It is, and we're blessed. We are very, very blessed. This morning, we're going to be reading from uh, Isaiah chapter 60. In just a few minutes, we'll be in Isaiah 60. We'll, we'll be at verse in verse 1, so you don't have to uh, dig around much further past Isaiah 60. Of course, it's in the Old Testament. And once again, let me say Merry Christmas, and uh, I pray that uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time this week as you celebrate the birth of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Of course, we know Friday a lot of the schools are out, the next, what, couple weeks uh, for Christmas, New Year's break. And again, I heard uh, many of you after I said this last week, I had a couple of you come up to me and say, uh, they heard a couple of people say, Happy Holidays, and all they could remember is what I said. Bah humbug, Merry Christmas. And I was like, praise the Lord. We gave milk away Wednesday out, Pallets of Love. And I had a little bit of fun with all of our tears. And I was all serious. And I said, okay, you guys, remember when people pull up, uh, make sure you say uh, happy holidays. And they just all turn, they go, bah humbug, Merry Christmas. And I went, people do listen. So I pray that you just have a great week as you celebrate as we head into this the week of celebration, I would like to throw out this question uh, this morning. I think it's a great question. It's a, a great week. You know, everything's festive, all the different things that are going on. But here's a question for for all of us, and we're going to dive in deep. You don't need to answer the question right now uh, if you think you know the answer, which you probably do. But here's the question: Why all the Christmas? lights? Why, why uh, decorate? Why do all the things we do with lights this time of year? Why? Is it just something that we do out of tradition? You know, uh, grandma and grandpa did it, so my parents did it, now I do it, and now I'm training my kids to do it. It's just something that we, we just do. Do we really appreciate it? We just go out of our way to do it. Why all the Christmas lights? Why decorate with with uh, lights at this time of year. People decorate, you know, we decorate outside their homes. Uh, you know, we have the the icicles. I, I don't know if icicles are still popular. I wouldn't know. You're going to find out why in a minute. But, you know, we decorate with those icicles. I remember those, uh, the blinking lights. We have the single color lights, the multicolor lights. We buy those things now that we stick in the ground, and they shoot up on the side of our house, which if I was going to decorate, that's what I would do, because I'd be done in a second. Right? But lights, lights everywhere this time of year, the lights. You know, I, I've seen animals dressed in lights, for everything from dogs and, and cats, and maybe someday I'll see a snake dressed in lights. I don't know. But people like to do that. They like to bring their, their pets into the, into the holiday season, into the Christmas season, and they'll decorate uh, their, their pets. They'll, they'll, I've seen people decorated with lights, especially with today's technology. People walk around with all kinds of things bright and no extension cord. Back in my day, you would have had to have an extension cord, Right. But now we have that thing called a battery. I'm not that old. But, you know, decorations. Inside our homes, we decorate with trees. We, we have village scenes, and, and we have nativities set up. Uh, they're all lit up. And I want to pause right here. I want to brag on Cindy's dad, on my father-in-law. He lives in Spokane, and, and every year he goes all out to decorate. He has this, this whole Christmas uh, winter village thing that he sets up. Do we have a picture of that? I know we do, because I put it in my PowerPoint. <laughs> So there's the picture. Now you're only, you can't even see all of that. That's out on his patio. It's looking through the window. It's outside on his big patio. That thing's over 16 feet long. It has a double layer. You can see all the villages. It has a, it has a ski mountain which I made out of hot mud for him. It has a, a ski mountain that has ice skating, people ice skating. There are people everywhere. It's just awesome. And he ha- it says keep Christ. Jesus at the center of Christmas. He loves the Lord, and, and he has this whole thing set up, and we like to uh, take things when nobody's in the room and go out there and hide them, little things, and then you have to come in. We have a list, and you have to find. I hit a bullet in there one year, and nobody could find it. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. I love going up there for Christmas. All out, he's got several trees. Uh, Cindy's daddy loves the Lord, and he just likes to go all out uh, with lights. Now this reminds me, all, all this talk about lights. This, this reminds me of a Christmas uh, from about 2004. I was trying to guess. I, I think that's about the right year. You know, as you, as you get older, you know, you tend to forget things, right? But I think it was about 2004 when Cindy, uh, who is sitting right down here, if many of you don't know. If you don't know, she's my wife. Cindy is my wife. <laughs> when Cindy asked uh, me to decorate Uh, The outside of our home with lights uh, when we lived over in Nampa on the other side of the state. Now we had a large wide open space on the front of our house where it transitioned up to the second floor and there was no windows. So the front of our house, it just had this big blank spot on the side of our house because they had an addition. It was kind of an odd thing. I don't have a picture of it. But uh, we we had this big odd thing and I I decided that year, I decided to take uh, some lights and make, with my wife's direction, to decorate our house, I decided to take some lights and make a big star by by stapling them to the side of of that big spot. Now, I was proud of myself for being able to make a star. I I went and got a tape measure uh, that, you know, I sometimes can read. I went and got a tape measure. I measured it out, and I built this beautiful, symmetrical, I like everything, I like everything symmetrical. And I had this big, beautiful stapled star uh, on the side of our house. I was proud of myself, very, very proud of myself. And that night, I did that in the day, and that night, we went outside. And by the way, before we, I put that up, Cindy had plugged in the lights, and they all worked just fine. That night, we, we went outside to turn on the lights to illuminate, to illuminate the star, the creation that I had built on the side of our house. Only half the star came on. <laughs> Only half the star came on. I left it that way. Half a star throughout the Christmas season. As the year went on, as the the season went on, the wind started to blow. Some of it came loose and it was just flopping. Every time we drove up, Cindy would just shake her head. And here's this half-lit star that didn't look like a star anymore on the side of our house. Now, Cindy would say that I did it on purpose So she would not ask me to do it again. You see, the idea is if you do a bad job, you won't have to do it again. To which I say, perhaps. (laughs) I'm not going to admit or, I don't know. It just didn't work. I tried. Now keep that in mind. Keep that story in the back of your head. Now, for the past two weeks, we have been in a series called It's a Christmas Miracle. Uh, this is week three. We're going to finish today. But in this, with this statement, it's a Christmas miracle, I've been saying how throughout the year, I, I for some reason just started to say at the beginning of the year when, uh, when something went well for me, I would say it's a Christmas miracle. Now again, I, I'm not mocking or making fun of the, the miracle of Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior. It was really a reminder to me of how, how fortunate we are, how blessed we are that Jesus came to be with us. And, and I would just say it's a Christmas, it's a Christmas miracle. That kind of spurred on uh, the reason for the title of this, this series. Now in week one of this series, it's a Christmas miracle, I shared With all of you uh, that were here and that were fortunate to see it, I shared with all of you what a picture of my Christmas miracle would look like if I woke up this Saturday a Christmas morning. Uh, Here, I'm going to show you guys once again. This is what my Christmas miracle would look like. (laughs) Me with hair. Again. Now, I think you could all agree with me that that's a good-looking picture of me. I really don't understand why you're laughing. <laughs> now last week, I asked Pastor Daniel throughout the week, I asked Pastor Daniel what a picture of his Christmas miracle would look like. And he came up and he shared with all of you that, you know, he was the only male at home. He has three daughters, his wife. They even bought a dog that's a female. And his, his Christmas miracle, his picture of a Christmas miracle would look like this. His family with with the boy, and he photoshopped that boy in there. I don't know why he liked the boy with the pan on his head. I do, I do see the remote control, so that would be Pastor Daniel, to not be the only uh, man in the house. So that's a great Christmas miracle. And many, Pastor Daniel said, he had a lot of people come up to him and say, we thought you were going to tell us that Rachel was pregnant. <laughs> and Rachel said, no. Now this week... As we close out this series, this week I decided to show you a, a very short video. Keep in mind of what I told you about our Christmas lights. A very short, uh, short video of what Cindy's Christmas miracle would look like. This is what Cindy's Christmas miracle would like, look like. Let's play that video, please. Can you guys picture her hugging me and <laughs> Someday when we retire, I may try again. <laughs> Perhaps. It's a Christmas miracle. Now once again, let me ask, why all these lights at Christmas? Now, could it be, whether people realize it or not, could it be because the first Christmas, the day our Lord and Savior was born, that first Christmas that we call it now, was decorated with light? Could it be because Christmas is, is all about light, the light of the world, the light came to be with us, God with us, Now we have to understand, please understand something, we have to understand this this morning. Each and every one of us needs, we need the miracle of divine light in our personal lives. Do you hear me? We need the miracle of divine light in our personal lives. And we're going to dive into that today and talk about that, of why and what it is as we move forward. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in this morning to uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 60. Lord, I pray a, a special touch upon my voice, upon this cough, Lord. I pray that you would keep it at bay. Lord, I ask that Every one of us here and watching on Facebook, Lord, on social media would just open up and receive what you, the living God, the king of the universe, the king of all, God with us would have for us as we come to read and look at your living word, Lord. We're having a little bit of fun this morning, but God, it's all about you. We thank you that you came to live among us. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of the old, out, out of all of the Old Testament books of prophecy, it is the book of Isaiah that gives us, it really does give us the clearest picture of the nature and work of the Messiah, of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's several prophecies in there. We're only going to look at one and touch on another one here in a few minutes. And it's in Isaiah chapter 60. We're going to begin with verse 1. We're only going to read... Uh, two verses this morning, and then we're going to uh, just dive into this whole thing of why we need this divine light in our personal lives this morning. It starts out, th- this is a prophecy from Isaiah um, foretelling what's going to take place. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. It says again in verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Again, this is a foretelling that Jesus, the Messiah, God with us, is coming in the future. This is in the book of Isaiah, a prophetic message that... uh, Uh, Isaiah is writing as the Holy Spirit moves in him. So church, the light, which is our light, has come. It has come. The birth of Jesus some 2,000 years ago was the arrival of light to mankind, God with us. It was the arrival of this light that Isaiah is is speaking about. It is the arrival. It, It has come. It is here. You see, the birth of Jesus was the entrance of light and his earthly life and what, we w- what he would do on the cross was the means of giving light to man, to us. As I said last week, Jesus was born to die, to die for our sins, to restore our broken relationship with God. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, we all... That means everybody, okay? We all, you're not in, uh, excluded from this statement. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, meaning we, we have a broken relationship with God. We, have, we, are, we are living in the world. We are living in a dark world, a world where, where sin is. We have all gone astray. I, I love the story of, of the little boy who wrote a, a letter to Santa. He wrote this letter, and in this letter, the little guy wrote, He said, Dear Santa, there are three boys living at my house. Jeffrey is two, David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time, David is good uh, some of the time, but Norman, Norman, he is good all of the time. And he goes, By the way, I am Norman. But see, when we live long enough, we understand that none of us is Norman, right? Norman is a little fibber. (laughs) None of us is Norman. None of us, meaning none of us are perfect. Even on your best day, the Bible says you are nothing but a filthy rag before him. None of us are perfect. All of mankind was and is in darkness, and all of mankind needs the light that Jesus is and the light that Jesus brings. It's only through Jesus we get this light. You see, God saw the need for light, so he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. You know, I've heard it said that if our greatest need, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent, he would have sent an educator. If our, uh, if our greatest need had been technology, God, God would have sent a, a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent a, an economist, right? If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent a, an entertainer, right? Uh, uh, Jesus, the entertainer, would have been in, uh, born in Hollywood, right? So we would have had this entertainer to teach and guide us. But that's not what our greatest need is in the world. Sometimes we think it is, but that is not what our greatest need is in this world. You see, God uh, saw that mankind was in deep, deep, deep darkness, so he sent Jesus, the light has come. Jesus is the light of the world. Are you with me this morning? He sent his son, the light has come. Now, to receive this light... To receive this light of Jesus, to receive uh, miracles of light, we need to understand that light, light is a part of who God is and one of the ways he displays himself, right? So it, you've got to think when you think of God, you've got to think that God is, he is light. It's who he is. He, he is light. Look at what the Apostle John says about the nature of God in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 5. It says this, Then, this is then, is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. So how much darkness is in God? None. He's pure light. There is no there is, there is no hint of darkness in God, meaning there is, there is no sin, there is no wickedness in God, and we can be confident of that. God is holy, meaning holy means he is, he is separate, meaning he has no sin. Jesus came to be sin for us. Before Jesus went to the cross, he, he took on the sin of the world on the cross, but the Bible says he knew no sin. He knew no sin. He's the light of the world. Now, I I love the story about the little boy about the little boy who, his mother tucked him in bed at night one evening, and, and she turned out the light, and she went down the hall, and she went to bed, and she was sitting there with her nightlight on, and she's, she's reading. And you can just picture this. A few minutes later, this, this little boy, this little boy, he, he comes down the hallway, and perhaps he's dragging his, you know, his little teddy bear. He comes down the hallway, and he comes to his, his mother's room, and he says, Mommy, it's, it's dark in my room, and I'm afraid. Don't be scared, son, she, she said. God is in your room. God is in your room. Go back to bed. So the, the little boy, he, he goes back down the hall to his room, still with the look of, of fear upon his face. He still has to go back to this, this dark, scary room. The small boy, he stands at the door of his bedroom, and he has the door cracked, and he's and he peers in. He's looking into the darkness. Finally, he got up enough nerve to stick his head into the bedroom into his room. God, he whispered. No answer, no answer from the dark room. God, he, he whispered again. Still no answer. God, he said a little louder, God. God, if, if you're in there, don't move. You'll scare me to death. <laughs> Please know this, God is not hiding in some dark place. God is not in the darkness. God is not in the dark, dark times in our life. He's there when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's with us always. But he's not in the darkness like my stinking way of thinking years ago would be, you know, as I lived in the darkness, that God is just waiting. He's hiding in that dark room as I mess up in that lightning bolt. He's just going to, you know, he's just going to hit me with that lightning bolt in that dark place. God is not hiding in the darkness because God is light. God doesn't tempt us to do dark things. He doesn't tempt anybody to do dark things. He's not in the darkness. We don't have to peer into the darkness and just wait. Well, God is just waiting for me to mess up in this dark place and He's going to get me. God is not in the darkness, He is light. You see, I believe we need to understand that God is his absolute light. Jesus is the pure light of the world. In him there is no darkness. There is no sin at all. You see, his very nature of who he is is radiant light. Light is not, and it's not simply a word describing God, but it is part of who he is. God in essence is radiance, his essence is radiance, the light, his light of life, of purity, of knowledge, of freedom, joy, and power. He is holy, he has all the attributes that light attach itself to. And we have to understand because God is absolutely and totally light, he only wants to do good. He only wants to do good. Well, Pastor Jay, you don't, you don't know me. I, I, I've been walking with the Lord for years, and these bad things uh, happen. Well, the Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Sometimes there are consequences for our sin. Sometimes things just happen. It's called life. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. God's not in the darkness. He's with you when you're in dark places, but he's not in the darkness. And sometimes we forget that as born-again believers, we are pilgrims. We are passing through this place. Meaning God, the Bible says Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. Meaning that God wants us to be with him in paradise, in heaven. Meaning that we're going to have to pass from this vessel into eternity with him. And unless Jesus comes, that's going to happen through death. Which is our ultimate healing, by the way. No more pain, no more suffering. And, and we can't lose sight of that. Yes, death is a terrible thing. We grieve the loss, uh, we grieve the loss of our loved ones. I, I get it. We have all suffered that loss. But if your loved one is a born-again disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so are you, you're going to spend a lot of time with them. It's called forever. Okay, so we can't lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of that. His very nature is good. He wants to bless us with life, with wholeness, with growth and power, all the things that His life and glory brings. And this is important because when we are speaking of the miracles of light, we are speaking of miracles surrounding God's visible presence. God's visible presence. Now we see this throughout the Bible, the Old Testament and New. And since this is, uh, since this is a time we're celebrating Christmas, let's just look at a, a few scriptures where we see God's visible presence being manifested, being shown through light. Miracles of light are miracles of God's presence. The shepherds, per, uh, the shepherds uh, in Bethlehem saw a display of God's presence while they were tending their flocks. It was a miracle of light. Uh, of light. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. It says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, shone round about them. So think about this. God's visible presence, his, his light. Here's an example since we're, we're looking at Christmas. So these, these shepherds, the, the lowest in society on the rail, they were looked down upon. They're out in, in the fields. They're taking care of their, their sheep. And, and I can picture them. You know, they've just ate a meal. They're sitting around a campfire. And somebody got the harmonica out or the banjo. And they're just, you know, having a moment, remembering the day. Got a toothpick in their mouth, right? And all of a sudden, just picture this. All of a sudden, the sky lights up. Heavenly hosts are singing, the sky lights up. It's better than any 4th of July fireworks you and I could ever see. It's God's presence being manifest to announce to these angels, the sky lights up. Can you imagine what took place as those guys were sitting around there? Oh, gee, look at that. And no, I'm, just think of it. God's presence, the light just lit the place up. Think about the wise men from the east. They saw, they saw a display of God's presence, and they followed the light until they found Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. When they, the wise men, had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Years ago, when I first became a born-again believer, I I was I was reading this story, and I I still have that Bible. And in that Bible, I I stopped and I saw and I go, Wow. I had never seen it before. Of course, you know, I, I hadn't been my you know, my eyes hadn't been opened at that time, until that time. I saw that, and I wrote in my Bible, steer there today. I said, wow, a moving star. Some people say, well, it was an angel. The Bible doesn't say it was an angel gating, uh, guiding the wise men, you guys. It says it was a star. So if it was a star, it was a star. And the star was moving. Now, how many of you would like to see that? It wasn't a satellite. It wasn't a meteoroid. The Bible says it was a star. And they're following it. A moving star. You see, the star led them. It it moved. Then it hovered and pointed to where the baby Jesus was. Light. Light. Decorated the first Christmas, and it was the light of God's presence. Isn't that awesome? Do you realize, this is really awesome. You're going to like this. Do you realize that every time a person in your neighborhood, in our community, wherever, every time a person plugs in or turns on a Christmas light, it represents the visible presence of God to mankind? Now, I I want you to think about it. Every time your neighbor turns on their Christmas lights or plugs in their Christmas tree, whether or not they are a born-again disciple of Jesus, a pagan, a cultist, an atheist, or whatever, they might understand it or they might not understand it. They might accept it or they might deny it. But they are declaring that Jesus is the light of the world. They are declaring the miracle of Christmas. Every light at Christmas represents the presence of God and how visible he is. Yeah. Think of it. You guys, why else do we put the lights up? Well, they're just pretty. and they're, No, they're, they mean something. Every time you see a a Christmas light from here on out, I, I hope this just sticks in your mind. That's the visible presence of God in the world. God lit up the first Christmas and we're lighting it up because we acknowledge that he is the light of the world. If they like it or not, that's what they're telling you. If you're an atheist here this morning or watching and you have Christmas lights on, I hope you don't go home and rip them all off. Jesus loves you. They're decorating their homes like God decorated the world on that first Christmas with light. With light. Yes, the miracle of light. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> we made it pretty far that time. Yes, uh, the miracle of light. The miracle of God's visible presence was seen some 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. But how many of you know that the Lord wants to display the light of his presence today, even beyond beyond what we do at Christmas? He wants to do display his light of the world just just not during Christmas, and he wants to do it in you and I. He wants to do it in our lives. You have a part in this. So we're gonna look at our part for the next few minutes. And hopefully you will be challenged as I am challenged, of how God wants to manifest his light in your life year-round. So what are some ways we can allow this display of light to take place in our lives? First, by letting the miracle of light overpower the darkness in our lives. Okay, like it or not, there's darkness, there's darkness in our lives. There's darkness all around. Like I said, none of us are perfect. We all sin. There's darkness in our lives. How do we handle that? John chapter 1 verse 5. And the light shines on the darkness for the darkness has never overpowered it. The miracle is in the immediate, the immediate fleeing of darkness when we allow it. I want you to think about it. How, how long does it take darkness to flee, You know, when, when, light, when light enters, darkness is gone instantly. How long does it take darkness to flee from the room when you flip on the light switch? How long does it take? Now, if you have one of those special energy saving light bulbs that save you pennies on the dollar and you turn it on and it takes 10 minutes to warm up before you finally get light, I'm not talking about that light. <laughs> those lights irritate me. Because when I turn the switch on, I want light to enter the darkness, right? When you turn that switch on, how long does it take? Milliseconds. Are you thankful for light? Because I'd stub my toe all the time. Light, light, in milliseconds, a light comes on. Darkness, darkness flees from the room the minute you flip the switch. When the light comes on, the darkness is eliminated faster than the blink of an eye. When we allow God, now let's, let's look at this spiritually, when we allow God to overpower the darkness in our lives, with the light of his glory, demonic forces are instantly destroyed, right? We need to walk in his light. When we allow the glory of God, when we allow that to come into our life, Darkness flees. When we read our Bibles, right, when, when we listen to songs and watch shows that glorify God, there's less darkness in our life. When we, when we come to church to fellowship one with another on a regular basis, we're allowing the light, the glory of God to shine in our life, so darkness will flee. See, the light overpowers the darkness and we have to allow those things to to grow in us so the the darkness will be less and less in our life. No, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to mess up, right? But praise the Lord. The light still overpowers the darkness when we mess up in our lives. Are you thankful for grace? God's grace. God's grace. The second way we can allow this display of light to take place in our lives is by understanding that the miracle of light is a miracle of beginnings. I I love this. It's a miracle of beginnings. The creation began with what? The creation, according to Genesis chapter 1, creation began when the Lord spoke. When the Lord spoke, creation, the Lord didn't go get his carpenter's belt on and get his homemaking tool called a hammer. And he didn't go down to to Lowe's and buy some lumber. The beginning of all creation, according to the word of God, began when the Lord spoke. And what were his words? "Let Let there be light. God spoke, and light came from his mouth at the speed of sound, or speed of light, excuse me, at the speed of light. What is the speed of light? 186,000 miles per second. When God spoke, let there be light, and light came from his mouth, it came at that kind of a speed, you guys. And not only is that just incredible to wrap your minds around, the Bible also says that God, He breathes out stars. It says this in Psalm 33:6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry hosts, by the breath, by His words of His mouth. How big is your God? You see, our God is a star breather. How many of you have ever gone outside and tried to count all the stars in the sky? God breathed according to the word of God. God breathed, God spoke every one of those stars out. He's a great big God. He's a great big God. And according to the word of God, according to creation, God spoke all those things into existence. He spoke them with great speed, and he spoke the brilliance of what we see because God is a star-breather. By the miracle of new beginnings, let there be light. The miracle of light today, in our lives, the miracle of light today is the presence of Jesus in our lives. A miracle that brings life It brings life to to a dead soul. It brings forgiveness to the spirit, uh, a new and fresh start to any who believes in Jesus, right? It's a creative miracle of change and transformation. Do you need a miracle of God's creative power in your personal life? Here in a few minutes, we're going to talk more about that. But do you need that miracle of God's creative power in your personal life? I would challenge you to allow God to say, let there be light in your life today because when you do, the old is gone and the new has come, born again, born again by the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the third and final way we can allow this display of light to take place in our lives is to understand that the miracle of light is the miracle of God's guiding presence. God's guiding presence. So God overpowers darkness, right? God is a new, he gives us a new beginning, and now he also guides with his, with his presence. The wise men were led, the wise men were led by, by a star, right? As we talked about. What is leading your life today? What is leading your life? If, if God is not guiding your life, then maybe you are being led by things that, that creep around in the dark. As the worship team makes their way back up to the platform, I want to share with you as we close, I want to share with you a story. I read about these four young children in a church Christmas play. You see, they were to carry in the word star, S-T-A-R, and and, uh, behind them, the wise men Uh, were to follow, signifying the leading of the star. Now, you know, they probably had a lot of kids and they were trying to find a role for each kid. So instead of just carrying the star, they they had the word spelled out. And one kid would carry the S and the T and the A and the R. And they would come out and the wise men would follow follow them out by signifying the leading of the star. Uh, Now each of the four kids, they had this letter. And this is what it was supposed to look like. You'll see this picture. So they were to walk out, and you can picture these cute little kids. You can, can you picture that? And the wise men following out. All of you with kids are going, Oh, Aw, that's awesome. Right? I love kids. But what happened... Is the children they, they got mixed up and they went in the sanctuary, they went up on the platform, they came in reverse order. So instead of the the star leading the wise men, this is what happened. Rats, rats were leading the wise men, rats were guiding the wise men to Jesus. The rats. Instead of the star leading them, it was the rats. See, we have a choice. We have a choice as well. Do we want the light of Jesus Christ to be leading and guiding our life, or do we want the rats? Do we want the light of Jesus Christ to be leading and guiding our life? Or do we want the rats? It's a choice. Do we love light or do we love darkness? Do we love light or darkness? Now please understand, if you desire, if you desire to personally experience the miracle of light, all you need to do is, is simply turn on the light switch. That's all you need to do. And how do you turn on the light of God and experience the miraculous? Where is the light switch? How do you turn the light of his presence? How do you turn on, on his power? You see, you reach out in faith to him. You, you believe. You ask. It's that simple. The switch is easily, is easily found. Well, <laughs> where is the switch? The switch Is on your heart. The switch is on your heart. You believe. You believe, first of all, that you are a sinner. Okay, you're not perfect. You are a sinner. We are living in a dark world. Sin has entered our world. God has given us all a free choice. God does not want uh, robots in heaven that He forces to love Him. He wants us to freely accept, to freely love Him. It's a choice. So we, we first thing we do is we recognize that we are a sinner, okay? And we recognize that, that we, need, we need a Savior. We need a way back into relationship with the holy, just God who is pure light. How do we make our way back? Well, the Bible says we admit we're a sinner and then, then we repent. If you study this word repent, this word repent is, is awesome. I, I love it. It, it. You know what it really means, the word repent? It means you change your mind. You change your mind. So to repent, you recognize you're a sinner and you say, I need to repent. I need to, I need to change my mind. I'm walking in this way into darkness further and further into darkness. And the light is over here. And, and, and I, I can't make it on my own. I, you know what? I, I, I'm gonna, I, I can't live this way anymore. I, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna repent. I'm repent. I'm gonna change my I'm gonna change my change my mind. I'm going this way. Look at the light. Look at the, I'm going to go this way. And see, that's what you do. You admit you're a sinner and you change your mind about what and how and where you want to go in your life. Will your life be perfect? No. Jesus clearly says that. In this life will be trouble. Will your life be better? Yes, your life will be better. I can testify to that. And so can many of you. Admit you're a sinner, turn, decide to go the other way, and then this is what you have to do. Are you ready? This is complicated. You almost need to take an eight-week course on this next one. It's so complicated. Are you ready? You have to ask Jesus to come into your life. Switch. The light's on. Jesus is there. Do you understand that? That's how simple it is. It's called grace, church. It's called grace. Thank God for his grace. The greatest gift ever given to mankind was God's grace to us. Without God's grace, we don't stand a chance. Because of his grace, because he loved us so much, he sent his son to go to the cross to die for us. He nailed our sin to the cross. He put it there. So now when we accept his gift of grace, he sees us through the blood of the cross and he sees us as children of God. Aren't you thankful for his grace? If you're here this morning and you have not said that simple prayer, God, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Please come into my life. That's a sinner's prayer. Just a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. If you have not said that, may today be the day that the light switch comes on in your life. Now for the rest of us who claim to be born-again disciples of Jesus and you're in this place, Maybe you're not walking with the Lord the way that you know you should be. Maybe you, you got your foot in, in some dark places and, and you're trying to live on that fence. You're trying to live in the light, but you scurry over to the darkness once in a while and then you try to come back to the light. You know, and God doesn't want you to live your life that way. Now, I'm not talking about once saved or always saved right now. I'm not talking about that whole doctrine and how we can all agree to disagree. What I'm talking about today is what is the Lord saying to you? What is he saying to you? How are you living your life right now? Are you, are you glorifying God every day? Are you, are you doing your best to glorify God? You're not going to be perfect, but are you glorifying God? Are you doing your best? to people see Jesus in you? I want God to speak to you this morning. How can you go out into a dark world and be the light? Now, this morning, I, I didn't feel like there was any light in me. We went, we went upstairs, and we, we were playing with the whole thing with the kids on Wednesday, and we went up to turn it all on, and it didn't work. Now, I wanted to go to a dark place because <laughs> I was like, man, we've been planning this all week. But you know what? In the light of eternity, it doesn't really matter. I was like, you know what? The light's in me. We're going to go glorify God. We're going to worship. We're going to have a great day. See, we have circumstances where we we get grumpy and those things happen, and it takes place. But when we go into places as the born-again disciples of Jesus, people should see something different in us. Honestly, years ago, before I became a believer, I didn't want to become a believer because every time I saw a believer, they were like, ugh. I'm a Christian. Got to go to church. Are you kidding me? I get to go to church and celebrate and glorify God with born again believers. I'm saved. God is preparing a place for me in heaven. And someday I'm going to be there with all my family. Praise the Lord. You see, you can go through rough times in your life, but you can still glorify God. You can still be a light. And as people see you walk through troubles in your life, and they see how you handle it as a born-again believer, they're going to want what you have. You get the opportunity to lead somebody and turn on the light in their life. Would you please stand with me? I'm going to close in prayer. Um, We're not going to close by singing a song, but you know, the, the worship team, they're going to, as we're dismissed, they're going to sing a song. Uh, we're not putting the words up. I Just just the whole feel of Christmas. They're going to sing the song, Silent Night. You can stand, sit. You can come up for prayer. You can sing it with them. It's just a whole idea. It's just having you lead this place with peace and joy in your heart. So you're dismissed in a minute. So, But just take the day, spend some time, get a cup of coffee, love on each other. Lord, we are so thankful for today. We're so thankful, God, that we can turn to the light, your visible presence, that as we leave this place and drive around and see all the Christmas lights, that each one of us would remember that you lit up the first Christmas. It's all about the light of the world coming to be with us. And God, may we all be challenged to be the light in those dark places that we have to go, be it at work, maybe even our homes, wherever that is, but we would be the light. And you would speak through us, give us words to say, help us to love and encourage people in a way that you would. And God, as we celebrate this Saturday, the birth of our Lord and Savior, may we be mindful to remember what the day is really about. Yes, celebrate. Yes, open presence. Yes, all those things. But Lord, it's about you. You came to die for us. And we stand here with thankful, grateful hearts for your grace and for the fact that you did that for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I have prayer partners for uh, if you need to have prayer. If you feel like you said the sinner's prayer today, uh, please come and see me. I want to pray with you, give you a gift, and just welcome you into the kingdom of God. God bless. Have a safe Merry Christmas. I almost said happy holidays. Ba humbug. Merry Christmas.